Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the So What Podcast. My name is Anna McGuire, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with you today about sowing intentionally into our lives so that we can reap abundantly in the days, weeks, months, and even years to come. This is the 37th episode of So What. 37th episode. And here's the deal, friends. 37 episodes in, and it is not lost on me the privilege it is, and honestly, the honor that it is that you would take time out of your day, your week, to listen and have a conversation about sewing intentionally into your lives. So I just want to say thank you so much for not only listening, but being for incredible encouragers that have really cheered me on in this journey. And I am so excited and motivated to do another 37 episodes because this has been so much fun doing it with you, my friend. And so, yeah, 37 episodes in. And as I've been looking over my calendar, I'm pretty regimented, again, Google Calendar nerd here, about what is on the calendar for So What, when different guests are coming on, and when we're going to have certain conversations, uh, whether it be about like emotional practices or spiritual practices or habits of any kind of way. And I had one conversation in mind for this week, and it was like the Holy Spirit called an audible in my heart and in my mind. I'm like, okay, my calendar is yours. Like Jesus, whatever you want to do in it. So the other day, I'm in my bathroom, and I am listening to the song that my sister Abby recently showed me. Now, if you like music in any kind of way, which I'm sure if you're listening to a podcast, you have like AirPods in, or you have some kind of access to like audio listening, I'm I'm assuming you like music in some kind of way. And I'm going to link this song, and I'm going to encourage you, do yourself a favor and listen to the song called No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. And it's by Stephanie Gretzinger. And oh my word. My sister Abby showed it to me a few weeks back when we were in Colorado and sobbed while I was listening to it. Powerful song. So anyways, it's been on repeat in my house. And the other day, I'm in my bathroom getting ready, listening to this song. And as the lyrics are going... It hits me that truly how much Jesus cares for me and how much he deeply loves me. I love how this the song says, no one has ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this way. And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known in you alone my joy was found. And I'm like, man, like I'm sobbing listening to the song again as I'm curling my hair, as I'm getting ready for the day. And then it was like the Lord just like gave me this prompting that I needed to take some time to reflect on the last couple months of my life. So since really the start of January, it's been a little crazy for the McGuire family. We got back from Christmas break and we had to be in quarantine due to COVID for two weeks. Uh, and so our January was is honestly kind of like a blur. And then in February, I started the process of having a conversation with uh, the 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 counseling company I now work for, the practice I now work for. 
And then here comes March, and I actually accepted that position. And then the middle of March, I was completing my time working for the middle school I dearly love. Um, And uh, the job that was amazing to me and for me, I I can't even like put it into words. And then um, from there, I'm just giving you a little play-by-play of why I really needed to sit down and process the last several months. Coming back from or finishing out that job that I had had for about three years, been on that school for three and a half years because I did my internship there and all of that. Um, After that, so I I complete my job on a Friday. Come Monday, uh, my husband and I travel to Atlanta for a few days to hang out with some friends, um, to get some like recharge for um, just ministry and get encouraged and be around people that we just like love deeply. And then from there, we went to Arkansas. We literally came back on a Thursday night, uh, got to see Archie. It was our first time leaving him for like a significant amount of time, and which he did great. Come back Thursday night. I think we got in around 10 p.m., And by 9 a.m. the next morning, we were on the road to Arkansas for Andrew's family reunion. This time we did have Archie in tow. Again, we have the family reunion. We're in Arkansas from late Friday night until Sunday mid-morning. We head back. Monday and Tuesday, uh, you would think would be downtime for me. But um, Monday evening... I started to feel incredibly ill. I was supposed to start, well, I I did start my new job on that Wednesday, but I started to feel, I think, the sickest I've ever been in my life. And Monday night, I was so messed up. And then here comes Tuesday morning. I woke up. I'm not even exaggerating when I say I could not stand up. I was so sick. And this was not covid uh, it was, I was so sick. And then Andrew got it. And praise God, my my sister was available to take care of Archie because I could not, I went and picked him out of his crib and I like fainted uh, trying to do so. And so uh, that Tuesday, I was so sick. I pulled it together to somehow join in on some meetings on Wednesday for work. And now all my work is from home. And it's that first week or two was like 100% like coursework and a couple meetings here and there. So I was able to kind of just like show up to my meetings and then get back in bed and do the coursework. And so Wednesday, I am like first day of work. I am so sick still. And then Wednesday night, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm feeling a little bit better. No, Thursday, I wake up again. So, 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 so sick. Get through Thursday. In the um, meantime, there's still just like a lot of things that I'm trying to like close out with um, finishing one season, stepping into another season. So Thursday, I am like still very sick. And Friday, I wake up and uh, I had lost seven pounds and like, five days. And I was like, this is so messed up. And I'm so sick right now. And I said to Andrew, Andrew, I have got to go to the doctor. And he was like, yes, you do. I was like, okay, so I go and decide to go to the, the, the med check at um, a hospital here. It's just like one of those like walk-in clinics at the hospital. I go in, I see the nurse, she looks at me and she's like, oh, 
I don't think we can help you here. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't help me here? She said, well, I'm going to get the doctor, but I think you need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, you're kidding me. She's like, no. So the doctor comes in. He has me take off my masks, my mask, and he says, um, can I just look in your mouth? And I said, sure. And so open my mouth. He's like, whoa, you are incredibly dehydrated. And I was like, well, yeah, I've been like super sick the last five days. I've lost a ton of weight because I can't keep anything down. Like TMI here, but I keep it real. So like both ends. I mean, like it was horrible. I couldn't even like drink water. So he starts feeling around my stomach and he's like, he said, I'm nervous that you are so dehydrated that um, there could be some issues with your kidneys. I'm like, what? He's like, I can feel your kidney inflamed right now. That tells me just how dehydrated you are. So thankfully, I'm at this like small community hospital and they say, you just need to walk over to the other side and we're going to like get you hooked up in the emergency room. I'm like, okay. So end up going into the emergency room. They look at me. They're like, you need fluids desperately. So what I thought was going to be me going there, them giving me like an antibiotic or something. Now I'm sitting there with an IV bag hooked up to my arm. Um, Like literally, I'm like in shock. I'm like, I don't even know how I ended up here. I just woke up this morning. I was tired of feeling sick. And now I've got an IV in my arm. I texted Andrew and I said, um, So they admitted me into the emergency room so that I can get fluids. And he's like, what? Um, And so anyways, here's this whole story. Uh, Literally got those fluids in me Friday. And by 4 or 5 o'clock that day, I felt like a whole new person. Seriously. So then I felt good enough because here's the fun thing. That Sunday I was scheduled to preach at my church. So I felt good enough that Friday night to work on my sermon and then Saturday complete it and then preach at the church on Sunday and then Monday jump right back into my brand new job. And since then, uh, thankfully I've not been uh, sick, but uh, the last few months have been really wild, really wild. And as I've just been slowing down and as the Lord has been catching me in the midst of like mundane, ordinary tasks, like curling my hair, there has been this truth that has been so evident and so apparent in my, that in my life and that Jesus is teaching me like all over again, as if it's like he's teaching it to me the first time. Now, remember, like I've, I've walked with Jesus for a long time. I was raised in the church. My parents, they were married um, in the church that I was raised in. Like this is the church that I grew up in. It's the church that I was called into the ministry in. It's the church I still refer to as my home church. Like, I mean, like I've been in the church for a long time, 28 years. How old am I? I'm like 28 years and a couple months. That's how long I've been in the church. And I've, I made the commitment to follow Jesus at four years old. You can, you can argue that with me saying you you didn't really commit. Yeah, I I really did. I understood at the age of four, uh, sin. I'll, I'll never forget. It's so vivid in my head. It was a Sunday night at church with my dad we were just having a really good conversation. It wasn't like a super like high, high or emotional moment, but I remember him explaining to me the gospel and it made sense to me that I needed Jesus. So I've been walking with Jesus for a minute and it's like I'm learning this lesson as if it were the first time. And in this season, being a therapist, being a pastor, being a wife, a mom, there's a lot that I'm learning. 
There's a lot of things I'm learning about counseling techniques. There's a lot of things I'm learning about theology. There's a lot that I'm learning about marriage and motherhood and friendship and community. But there is nothing more that important that I've been learning than this one lesson Jesus has been teaching me. There is one lesson that has been made abundantly clear to me over and over again. And it's a really simple lesson. And it's just really simple, honestly. And it's that I will never outgrow my need for Jesus. I will never outgrow my need for Jesus. The longer I live my life, the more that I'm learning this. And it's not because uh, life has been busy or I've been out of my comfort zone learning this new job, um, navigating where my role is within a new company. Um, It's not even that, you know, again, that I was sick. Um, It's just that as I'm getting older and as I'm rearranging again and again what success is and really leaning into the truth of the word of God. And it's just that I will never outgrow my need for Jesus. Again, this last like two months have been wild. And I can't even really say two months. It's really been like a month and a half. Emergency room, job change, traveling. And let me tell you, I got a teething one-year-old. He has two two-year-old molars coming in. Yes, the molars that they tell you that don't come until they're two, he's getting them at one. They're huge. It's kind of funny because he doesn't have any teeth in between them. And in the back, there's these like giant molars. So it looks like there's like gum sitting at the back of his teeth. Anyway, emergency room, job change, traveling, teething, one-year-old. I'm learning over and over again. This lesson has been abundantly clear to me. I will never outgrow my need for Jesus. His faithful hand has carried me all this way. You see one verse that we've been um, quoting over Archie and quoting with him. And I really like hope this is the first verse he ever quotes or memorizes on his own. But we say it every night before bed. And it's John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And honestly, that's just like a revelation God's been giving me in a fresh way is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I will never outgrow my need for him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is my way of living. He is the way for living. I will never outgrow my need for him. I call this my life passage. It's John chapter 15. If you haven't read it before, I really encourage you to do so. Verses 1 through 15 are just outstanding. Actually, it's like 1 through 17. But uh, verse 5 of John 15 says, Jesus is talking here. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's really what I've been learning out of the lesson that I will never outgrow my need for Jesus. The secondary lesson, a part of that lesson is, is that apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. I can do nothing. Over the last six, seven weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, um, actually it's not even that, it's like six-ish weeks, um, I have read more books than I can even like begin to count <laughs> for my, my, my job transition. I have listened in on more teachings and lectures and I have in a long, long time and they've been amazing and 
Another cool thing is that I've been able to lean into a lot of theology teaching the last couple months due to like ministry and all of that as well. And as I'm learning so much, I'm learning that all of the information that I have, all of the knowledge that I have, all the experience, the career, everything, if Jesus isn't at the center of it, if I'm not abiding in Jesus or if I'm not remaining in Jesus, it's meaningless. I can't do anything. I will never outgrow my need for Jesus. The longer I live, the more I'm learning this. And at 28 years old, 28 years in the church, it's, I feel like I'm learning this lesson all over again for the first time. I'll never outgrow my need for Jesus. And this is a conversation more from the heart than even from the head, uh, which I feel like a lot of the conversations we have are from the heart. However, this one is just especially there. It's really raw and vulnerable and the reason I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to share that this week or to share this lesson, what Jesus is teaching me and what I'm learning about him um, is I think it's an invitation for you to reflect on your life and really creating some space to see, man, Am I leaning into Jesus? Have I learned to live my life in such a way that I don't necessarily, quote unquote, need him? And see, that's like kind of the danger, especially in the Western world, is that we can get really good at uh, schedules and tasks and checklists and all of these things. And in some ways, like we can deceive ourselves that, Yes, we know we like in our like maybe we need Jesus for like salvation for heaven, but we we forget that we actually like need him like day to day. And if anything, the last few months that I've learned through everything is like, Jesus, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't even know what today completely holds. I need you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are my, my, my rock, my salvation, my shield. You're my joy. You're my map. You are my peace, Jesus. So following this conversation, and maybe even now in this moment, I hope this gives you the encouragement to pause, to reflect on your need for Jesus just as I have a need for Jesus and that neither you or I will ever outgrow our need for Jesus. This is what I'm learning about Jesus right now is that he is my everything. He is my all in all. He is the all in all. And it's my choice if he's going to be my all in all. Simple conversation. I hope it's encouraging you and challenging you to take the time to reflect. We, you and I, will never outgrow our need for Jesus. Friend, I am always in your corner and cheering you on. And I truly believe that if we choose to sow intentionally in the sense of 
reflecting on our need for Jesus and then inviting him in into every day to be the leader, to be the king, to be the way, the truth, and the life for us. That our futures, our todays, our tomorrows, the moment we're living in right now will be different. That it will reap something beautiful. We, you and I, will never outgrow our need for Jesus. Friend, I can't wait to talk to you next week.